0: You are listening to the 90 Days Later podcast with Anna Charles, episode 101. Welcome to the 90 Days Later podcast where I show you how life with less alcohol is more fun than you think. I work with high achievers who struggle to drink a glass of wine without it turning into two bottles. I'm the one they call when they want to take it or leave it. So if you want to change your relationship with alcohol that doesn't involve counting days sober, you're in the right place. Hi all, welcome back to the podcast. All right, today we are going to be talking big picture. Yes, we're going to be talking about the broader impact of being able to decide ahead of time how much you're going to drink and to drink just that, right? What does that mean? goal the achievement of that goal bring to your life what could that mean for you first i want to talk about that handy dandy neurotransmitter called dopamine right dopamine is what makes you move it's what makes you seek something out to accomplish to learn it's what makes you keep coming back for more it's what fuels our desire dopamine is released when the brain is expecting a reward, right? That flood of dopamine to the brain when we're experiencing pleasure. For instance, when we're eating delicious food, when we're shopping, when we're drinking, we see someone we love, all these sorts of things give us dopamine. And that can reinforce our wanting to do the activity, whatever it is we're engaged in, to do it more due to the pleasurable feeling it is creating for us. Now we talk about this a lot with alcohol, right? It's the chemical that has us reaching for the next glass of wine, even when we know we've had enough. You know, people tell me what they're doing is I'm just searching for that dopamine here. I'm searching for the dopamine high. Of course, yes, that's what's happening. And it makes sense. It's nothing to do with you as being a bad person. It's back to how we are wired as humans. We as humans are wired to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and do both of these as efficiently as possible. And alcohol just so happens to be a really efficient route to achieving this sense of desire and well-being. It's what we humans are good at, right? We're good at inventings. So we've created this substance that we seek out. And then added to that, the brain is going to then very efficiently learn that drinking routine because it's going to be seeking out that a reward of the very intense and quick, 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 quick release of dopamine that we get through drinking. But here's the deal. Stopping drinking entirely or heavily reducing your consumption is not gonna remove your desire as a human to feel the dopamine effect. And this is why, if you are reducing your consumption, you might find that eating more, you're eating more sugary snacks right, even though you're drinking less wine, it's your dopamine response that's hunting for another method to get that same sense of pleasurable feeling and it's going to be, the brain is going to be looking for that short route, right, how can we do this quickly? So that's kind of like the negative side of dopamine, this search to feel good in ways that bring with them negative consequences, right, the hangovers, the weight gain, the wasting of time when we're scrolling on our phone, right? We don't want all of those things, but we, we get those as, a, as an adjunct to seeking out uh, the dopamine from things like drinking wine, eating donuts, and scrolling mindlessly on our phones. But there is a very incredible positive side, positive context to dopamine too. This is what gets you rushing off to Google something you're curious about, right? Or binging your favorite musician's content when they put them all up online. Or even lacing up your trainers in search of the next runner's high, right? This is dopamine at work here. It's dopamine without the negative consequences. And the great news is that dopamine in this way right, it's what I might call the positive effect, is available to us in many, many different ways. Achieving a project, right, finishing a piece of work, you can feel like, oh, I feel so proud of myself, that's dopamine. You can sense it after a good night's sleep, you wake up feeling really refreshed, you feel good, you feel good about maybe your decision to just turn in a bit earlier the night before. You can get dopamine, that real sense of glow and warmth, or just putting your feet up to rest and to drink a cup of tea. Or the when you greet friends at airports, right? And they've flown in to see you. You get it from reading a favourite book and on and on it goes. So I want you to know that your world will not be bereft of pleasure and dopamine when you start drinking less. It's just going to be different, right? It's going to be different, that's all. Now, my particular view is it is better but that is just my story it's a story I want to offer you though I want you to see that there is another perspective and that could be you too right but even if you don't achieve the sense of yeah it's better you will be getting pleasure <laughs> life will be worth living when you're not digging into the shabbly. <laughs> I tell you I promise you it's just going to be different now, dopamine tends to get a bad reputation when we spend any time talking about it around alcohol, right? And this is because it's as though dopamine, the way I like to see it, is that dopamine is the key to your desire and to pleasure right, and having just a brilliant time. But it's a key that's constructed in one very particular fixed shape, right? It's made out of metal like a key, and you can sort of see all the prongs and angles and things, and it fits just one door. It fits the alcohol door. And when this happens, yes, we're getting that dopamine high each night, but it's incredibly short-lived. I want you to think about this. We say, oh, I just like the buzz, I like the way the wine relaxes me, you know, all those things we say. I want you to think about it, how long does that last? Really? It might just be a couple of hours. We might love the feeling in the moment, but even by the end of the evening, you may be regretting it. Even after the end of your first last, halfway through your first loss, you may be regretting it. Because the negative consequences that we get from drinking alcohol are more than just hangovers. For me, what was true, and I see this in lots of people I talk to, the mental beat-ups, they're very real, Right? And the wild thing is that this can happen while we're drinking. So we're drinking and kind of in parallel, we're getting the, woo, this is feeling good. And on, you know, almost as after each sip, it's like, oh, here I am again. I'm on the hamster wheel. Why am I doing this? I don't want this, but it feels so good, right? That's where we get into that conflict. I actually did an episode on uh, conflicted thinking. I think it it was a couple, two or three episodes ago. So listen to that if you haven't already. So, the way I think about this is that when we're drinking our desire and dopamine is is really rather single stranded right It's just shaped there's one key fixed key shape that's it just fits the alcohol door it kind and it kind of bulldozes other things out of the way, right You may wake up feeling full of good intentions, ready to get going this evening and you come home from work on your side hustle project or maybe you want to go out and do some sport or maybe you want to just relax and get buried into that book that you've bought that you've you know you bought it two months ago it's still sitting on the sideboard and you really want to get into it right you're looking forward to when the children are are down asleep and you, you can just have some time there in your favorite chair only for that day as the day progresses by about four perhaps you're thinking about the evening to come you're starting to think about the wine that you've got chilling in the fridge perhaps you're imagining how it's going to taste how it's going to make you feel so relaxed because right now you just need to relax because you're having a horribly stressful day you know you it's it's just going to take a miracle for you to go home and not drink it's going to take a miracle for you to be able to spend that time doing those other things because you know you're just going to be so in need of just saying that's it shutting off my brain hear that a lot right and so by six when you get home no wonder you're pouring the wine and then by eight you're woozy and you're there on the sofa doing the same old thing watching maybe rubbish tv and certainly certainly not relaxing in the way you had anticipated certainly not doing your side hustle certainly not maybe even reading your book try reading a book when you've had a couple of glasses of wine it's frustrating you keep reading the same passage over and over any dopamine you would have created for yourself naturally by working on that project working on reading your book or even just putting your feet up to have a cup of tea and close your eyes all of that has been cast aside it's been swept aside bulldozed away in the path that is alcohol. Now, I often talk about this phenomenon as kind of like living with a fog. It feels as though you're on an island where you can't see very far beyond you know, where you are. So imagine where you're standing. You're standing outside somewhere in a field and you're looking out and, and you can't see that far away because there's this fog around you. You have no idea if there's more landmass after that if it's the sea if the world ends there it's just kind of you feel hemmed in this is your reality this is what you see and then what tends to happen is that each morning that fog lifts or it dissipates you wake up oh you start to see actually there is more something beyond this field there's this town or another field or maybe there's a mountain or maybe there's a lake or maybe there is a sea but you see there are things out there you see maybe other people you see activities see things going on there is a world beyond the edge of the fog but then as the day goes on you go about your life it gets hazier and hazier it's kind of like dusk right it's starting to get dark but you don't really see it getting dark starts to get a bit misty you know that field or that village or that city that you could see you can't quite see as as clear-cut anymore until you get to the point that by the evening you're all hemmed in again by the fog everything that goes on really much further than beyond just you has disappeared and there's you and there's the wine right and this goes on day after day after day and it's not just that you find yourself back doing the same old same old thing with you sitting there drinking there's the mental side of it where your hopes are being dashed every night right and then we we jig ourselves, we say, I'm going to start tomorrow, and to start tomorrow, and every more every night we say we're going to be starting tomorrow, and tomorrow never comes, and then we feel like we're letting ourselves down, and that just intensifies the, the dankness, and the depth, and the grayness, and the clagginess, if that's a word, of that fog, but it doesn't have to be that way, it actually doesn't take very much for you to start to dissipate that fog through your own actions this is not something that is going to take you years and years of effort to achieve a result i want you to think about that it's probably and likely taken you years and years of effort and practice to get to the point where you're drinking as much as you are every night you did not always drink this way right I would say it took me a good 20 years to become really good at it and then I spent the next five ten years after that really honing my craft but it took a long time to get that good it does not take anywhere near that amount of time To change your relationship with alcohol, right? To and again, to have that fog go from being thick, so that you can't see it through it, through maybe you know, just starting to get a little bit of sense that I can see some, see something through there, right? That I'm not so hemmed in. And one of the most fantastic things about my work and what I help my clients achieve is we do remove that fog from their lives. And this is not just in terms of drinking less. Yes, that happens. That's what I offer. It's what I'm all about. I'm all about working with you, working with high achievers, to drink a glass of wine without it turning into two bottles, right? That's why, that's when you call me. I'm cold when people want to take it or leave it. Yes, that happens, but it's more about that. It's more about the impact, somehow the impact of doing that, which has a longer and deeper impact on people's lives. Because when you start to see it's possible to do things like go to a party and have nothing to drink, or maybe spend the weekend having just one glass, if at all, or maybe even to be able to face things when things don't go to a plan in life, right? When bad stuff happens, it's going to happen, and not to lean on alcohol, not to need to drown your sorrows. When you see you can do those things, you start to ask. What is possible for me? This starts by showing up very simply in things like taking up a new sport, had a client do that. right? This comes into starting to see yourself as a role model to your children, around how you want to interact around alcohol and how you conduct yourself, right? A lot of people I speak with have children and are concerned, and, and rightly so, we're, we're as parents, we are concerned about how society normalizes alcohol. We want to show and lead our children, you know, in, in a positive, good way, but then how do we do that when we're drinking a couple of bottles of wine every night? Right, I hear that a lot. So we then, when we start to change our relationship with alcohol, we start to see that we can be the role models. We are the role models. We have become the role models we want to be for our children. And then even bigger things start to happen. In my case, right, it was I wanted to create my own business. I've had clients who just changed jobs. <laughs> they see that I was doing that job, but actually I want more now. I can do more. I'm a different person. I have a whole new identity around how I see myself. Right? And this fog really starts to dissipate more quickly. You feel more open. And this is when something beautiful happens and what i want to show you is that the way you change your relationship with alcohol is actually the same way as you go after the life that you want right the life that you actually want which is how i headed this podcast and ps i use the word actually with intent right going after the life you actually want because there is a life that we say we want and that often sounds good to other people especially it may sound good to ourselves and then I often find you peel back. There's a layer deeper. There's the life that we actually want. It's our deepest desire. You you may not even have gone there yet. You may kind of be looking at it, you know, like when, um, when I used to watch Doctor Who. It's a cultural reference there, but this scary sci- sci-fi thing. And I used to watch from behind the sofa. Yes, I was. I was the stereotype there, but you sort of watch from behind your hands, I'm putting my hands up to my face, it's when my voice dulled a bit, but you're kind of looking through your fingers, you don't really want to look, but you do want to look. What is that desire? What is that life that you want? And it's perhaps something that you don't want to tell anyone else, and that's totally fine. But the first step is to admit it to ourselves, and could be an incredible moment. What is it that you really want? And then I want you to decide, you're going to go after that, right? When you see it, You didn't have my all your doubts and fears, might crowd in, can't do this. this, this, this. But if you really want it, I want you to know it's possible. And there are three steps really to going after this. And these are, coincidentally happens to be the three steps I take people through in my coaching framework. Firstly, there is intention. Yes, you're going to want to write this down. Grab a pen, pause the podcast if you can, not if you're driving. (laughs) So you want to plan with intention. Any plan is better than none. All right. this is a case of deciding. This is a case of not allowing, I don't know. Well, that's what I want, but I don't know what to do. Ask yourself questions, guess, anything. Take, take some tiny little action. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't get you closer to your goal, to what you want for yourself, evaluate, ask yourself again. But we have to work consciously and with intention. We have to give our brains instructions we have to give them a map even just a this is our destination second this is where courage comes into the into play this is about stepping out in a bigger way in your own life and taking massive action you're going to have all this stuff come up right all like what other people are thinking about what you want what you think about what you want what you think about what you're capable of doing Uh, There's more to this than feeling the fear and do it. I know that's often said and I get it, I understand it and I think it's a good way of working but I think it's more than that. I think that if you say just feel the fear and do it like, oh, right, what does that really mean? Doesn't help. There are some specific techniques you can use and these are things I go through, right, in my coaching where I can take you step by step through this and then once you get used to using these around when it comes to the the concept of having an alcohol-free evening once in a while or even drinking a little bit less when you haven't been for a while once we start using it there then we can then you see how you can then transpose that and use that in your greater life and then the third component is commitment and this is this is yes it's keeping going absolutely that's part of commitment but for me the commitment is more about the relationship you develop with yourself It's a sense of trust. Keep reminding yourself why you're doing this. Rely on yourself. You don't need anyone else. Uh, Other help is great. Cheerleaders are great. But really, at the end of the day, you have you and that's all you need. All right, so as I say, those are the three elements, intention, courage, commitment, that form the basis of my coaching framework, and they're the elements we're gonna cover again and again and again in my work with clients Right. And so when you figure out you're drinking, you're actually going to have the blueprint for creating the life you want. Some of the biggest moments of transformation for my clients come on the calls where we barely ever mention alcohol, right? Or their alcohol plans or how much they've consumed, none of that, right? We don't talk about that stuff because the conversation has moved into living with this new habit around alcohol, right? As in barely drinking. And only drinking when they plan the exact amount and then they stick to that, right? That's their new way of working. They're very intentional about this. And that creates a whole host of new habits and new approaches for life. And it's at that moment when we start to ask what we are capable of, right? So we're looking, we've looked already, we've looked at our deepest desire as to really the life that we actually want but then we take it into the how. We start taking action and we are start to ask what we're capable of. So that's your homework for today. I want you to firstly, I want you to ask what you're capable of right, right now. I want you to answer that for now. Right? If you're to carry on doing what you're doing with the life that you have. right? If it means, yes, having the half bottle of wine every night. Just carry on. Like this just carries on. If you're living in this land where the fog descends every night what are you capable of what would kind of be you know what you think ultimately you could achieve then i want you to imagine just go there that you have this drinking thing sorted whatever that means for you whether it means you can take it or leave it whether it means you never drink whatever it is right you understand how to keep that under control you have the techniques to do it And you can do so in a way that feels natural for you without it being a battle of wills, right? Without it being your logical brain fighting against your desire in the moment for the wine, right? We've got all that sorted. And then I want you to ask from that position what you're capable of. Now, this doesn't mean, this doesn't have to mean you have to go out and create businesses and get new jobs and travel or get new qualifications or new hobbies it doesn't need to mean any of that it might simply be that you would regain that sense of calm in your life that gives you such a sense of well-being okay so now you have two lists firstly what you're capable of right now if things were to carry on as they are and then what you think you're capable of if you change that and I'm just gonna tell you this that that second list I bet we would explode it tenfold it's it's really amazing how I, I believe that we're all more capable of achieving what than what we think we are anyway but certainly when we've lived under the kind of the shadow of letting ourselves down day after day we really don't know what's out there for life anyway but so it's probably larger than your number two that you've written down but you have a number two now you have written down you think you'd be capable of after you change your drinking then i want you to compare these two lists without judgment and if it helps you i want you to imagine that a good friend of yours has written these lists right i want you to see the difference i just want you to remark on the difference this is what you came up with right what you're capable of now and what you could be capable of another important note as you do this i do not want you to have kind of like that snarky rational voice start coming up your inner critic saying well you're never gonna do this are you I mean this is just a stupid exercise you're never going to take it or leave it you're actually never going to get into that state too so you may as well just deal with your current reality because all you're doing here is just making yourself even more miserable by looking by imagining what you're capable of when you know you can't even you know get beyond the doing changing the drinking thing no I want you just to imagine just for just for kicks that you get the drinking thing sorted and then when you have this information you can then decide right this is where we go back to acting with intention if you're happy with where you are then that's information for you Right, I say often alcohol isn't a poison. Drinking more is not worse and drinking less is not better. It doesn't help for us to think about it in those terms. Just because that can just make us feel, uh, you know, we're never going to change or it can bring up all sorts of feelings of, well, I'm being very naughty and I like that, right? So we just, we don't have any kind of judgment there. But if you're happy with where you are, with that step one, what you're capable of, then then maybe that's all right right this shows perhaps you're not ready to do the work in changing how you drink because it is work it's not hard but you know there is stuff to do there but that's okay but if you do want the second take right if you do want that second view that second uh, um, idea of what you're capable of I want you to take this as an instruction from your future self right to your current self as to what you want I want you to imagine yourself getting those results. Really go there. Do that right now. And as you do that, I want you to notice how you're feeling. right? How you're feeling as you imagine yourself navigating life with alcohol being insignificant. How would you feel about yourself, right? Not about the not drinking, but how would you feel about your... Look at what I've done here, right? Look, mum, no hands kind of thing, right? That feeling that you're feeling right now, as you even think about that, that's a dopamine spike from imagining joy from your results ahead of time. right, and the brilliant thing is that if you tackle your drinking first, not only do you get a result you want, which is a new relationship with alcohol, but you're also gonna get the techniques and the process to use in other parts of your life as well. I say often that the things I learned as I changed my relationship with alcohol have changed how I approach life on a much broader scale, and that will be open to you too. So I want you to start by deciding and whatever it is you want for yourself, decide to go all in. All in on yourself in this one precious life that we have. So in summary, this is why changing your relationship with alcohol is so important. It's not just because you'll drink less. It's not just because it's better for your health. It's not just because you won't slur your words. You'll have no hangovers and all that stuff, even though that's good. It's, that's all good, but it's only the start. When you have a different way of drinking when you can confidently see that you will not crack and open that wine at five o'clock, you just know you won't, when you can trust yourself, that's when it starts to get really, really interesting. This is where the return on investment of coaching with me is more about just, just drinking differently. Right? Yes, you will get that. Right? You'll be aware of your triggers. You'll have um, techniques to navigate. You'll have ways to maintain your new relationship with alcohol, Right? for sure. But by working together, we'll have changed the shape of your desire key, right? It will go from being a key that is molded and fixed and made from hard metal and only fits the door of alcohol to it being really malleable and really fitting any door, any new doors of desire that you have out there, of your choice. And that, my friend, is when you become unstoppable. It is the best thank you so much for listening please do rate and review the podcast it helps to uh, go up the ranks and for other people to see it. and please share it with someone you love and if you have any topics you want me to cover on the podcast go ahead and email me anna at 90 days later co and i will prepare that content all right i'll see you next week If you like what you're learning in the podcast and you want to take the work further and achieve total freedom around alcohol, let's talk. I help my clients stop reaching for that first glass of wine the moment 6pm rolls around and they don't miss out on life. Email me for more information on anna at 90dayslater.co. And if you did enjoy the show, I'd really appreciate if you'd leave a rating and review to help others find the 90 Days Later podcast.